You are witnesses of these things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, you went to church, I know, and you heard that gospel reading, which we hear always on the second Sunday of Easter, regardless of whether it be year A, year B, or year C, which takes us in that narrative of St. John's gospel, beginning with the very last words spoken about Easter Sunday, specifically about Thomas not believing, and then continuing on in the gospel narrative to seven days later, when our Lord appeared to them again, appeared to the eleven, including St. Thomas, and showed, not only showed St. Thomas his wounds, but even um, demanded that Thomas explore them so that he would no longer disbelieve, but believe. This Sunday, the third Sunday of Easter, usually had been for the longest time, when the church then read from the 10th chapter of St. John's Gospel about the Good Shepherd, making us reflect on how Christ, having appeared to the apostles several times, being patient with them, wishing them peace, proving to them in a variety of ways that he had risen from the dead, convincing them to go meet with him up at the Sea of Galilee, which was announced to them already at the Last Supper, and then several times on Easter Sunday. The Lord was shaping these new believers in the resurrection into the shepherds who would be transformed by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost into his co-workers who would preach in his name and be the means of God's grace to reach those who had yet to believe the good news. For the last 40 years, the church saw fit in her wisdom to rearrange the readings of, East, of the Easter season so that this third Sunday of Easter wouldn't be Good Shepherd Sunday. We'll celebrate that next Sunday. But it would be a time for us to reflect longer about what our Lord revealed to the apostles on Easter Sunday. So this new third Sunday of Easter gospel selection, year A, is actually the gospel that we heard on Easter week on Wednesday. Today, we're in year B of the Sunday cycle. So we're hearing the gospel reading for Thursday of Easter week. And then next year on the third Sunday of Easter, year C, we'll hear the gospel reading for Friday of Easter week. So for those of us who are making the daily mass and the daily readings and the daily liturgy of the church our, our rhythm, it's like we're going back in time to revisit what we've already reflected on, but for good reason. The church obviously wants us to ponder deeply these appearances of our Lord to the apostles by all the faithful, not just some of us. So in this 24th chapter of Luke, we're reflecting again on Easter Sunday. 
And what we hear both in this 24th chapter of Luke and in the 20th chapter of St. John next year on the third Sunday of Easter, both experiences culminate with Jesus eating fish. probably doesn't make your heart sore. It probably doesn't make your head nod in in confident understanding of, of, yes, of course, that makes perfect sense. So let's reflect on that just for a moment. Our Lord truly is risen from the grave. And he appears to them with signs that manifest to them that this really is him. This is the same Jesus Christ whom they knew, with whom they lived for several years, whom they heard preach, whom they saw raise the dead and heal the sick and give sight to the blind. This is the very same Jesus Christ who died on the cross. His wounds are still on his resurrected body. That little detail in and of itself is worth a great deal of reflection. Because the most common objection to the Christian faith in the resurrection is that he didn't really die. The second most common objection is that uh, they swapped bodies, that he had someone else die on the cross for him so that people would believe that he had died when, in fact, he was just in hiding. Those aren't just modern alternative theories, but we even hear in the gospel about the, 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 the fake explanation that was concocted by the chief priests and the Roman guards. When the resurrected body has the open wounds in his hand and the open wounds in his side, there's no faking that this really is the same Jesus Christ who died for us. And he really did die. And so the wounds of Christ crucified aren't a blemish They are the proclamation that that the cross is our salvation and that the resurrection really happened. The crucifix is, is for us then a symbol of the resurrection as much as it's a symbol of his death. If it were a depiction of his death, he would be covered in wounds, he would be covered in blood, it would be deliberately unsightly. It's only on occasion in a few specific places where the, the, where the faithful have been moved to depict every, every stain and every wound on our crucified Lord for, for a specific purpose. For centuries, the crucifix was a proclamation of our Lord's victory. Whether it be Christ wearing his crown as the king 
or Christ crucified, but in a way in which the focus is on the fact that, yes, the wounds are still on his body. He really did die for us. And he really did rise from the dead. This is what he looks like now, not what he looked like on Good Friday. And at the same time, this is the resurrected body that walks through walls. They were locked in the upper room for fear of what would happen to them. He appeared to them. He didn't chastise them immediately. He would get to that later. But his immediate message to them was peace. How many times do we lock ourselves in the place that we think is going to be safe? And yet God still finds us. He doesn't immediately chastise us for being afraid. He'll get to that eventually. He brings a word of comfort. There's no place where we can exclude God. And then whether it be in Luke's gospel, to prove to them that this... I'm really not a ghost. Look at my wounds. Do you have anything to eat? He doesn't need to eat. He's resurrected. We will not need to eat in heaven. But we would be able to. Or in John's gospel, you'll hear that next year, where he is making breakfast for them. He feeds them the fish that he has cooked and presumably eats it with them. This is not Jesus risen from the grave who's telling us, ignore everything material. Ignore everything physical. I have vanquished it. It has no value. One day you will be dead. You will be risen. You'll be in heaven with the angels. You will be liberated from your physicality. Rather. The resurrection is the proclamation of the dignity of all of God's creation and how especially the human part of creation, will be redeemed and restored back, not just to its original glory, but to the original intent of its ultimate final end. We aren't just brought back to a life of innocence like Adam and Eve. We're brought to a new existence, physical and spiritual, but now adopted by God and made members of his family. Our body isn't a prison our body glorifies God. We will need our body to fully glorify God in heaven after the end of time because that's how God made us. So very few of us are aware of the immortality of our soul. Even fewer are aware of the eternal significance of our bodies. There's so many ways that our Lord reminds us of this. 
perhaps above all, is what will happen next from this altar, where the Lord will come into our midst again. Even if we turned off the lights and locked the doors, he would enter. And bread and wine are changed into his body, blood, soul, and divinity. The same body of Christ that was born of Mary was crucified on the cross was ro- that rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. The same body that walked through walls and ate fish. The same body that bore the emblem of his victory on the cross and proclaimed at the same time his victory over sin and death. That body blood, soul, and divinity of Christ will not just be made present to us, but he will give himself to us. When our communion is in good grace, it brings us closer to God. God dwells inside of us even more deeply than before. Not just in a spiritual way, but even super substantially in this sacrament. We taste him. We feel him. We know his presence. It doesn't immediately cure every spiritual affliction or every physical disease. But he helps us carry our cross. He makes available the grace that healed the sick and raised the dead and gave sight to the blind when they had faith enough to receive his grace. And so linger for a little longer on Easter Sunday. Don't rush off into the future too quickly. Read and reread the sacred scriptures, especially from these chapters of the gospel at the end of the accounts, and connect them. Notice what they say and how they're woven together into one narrative of the most historic moment in all of humanity. And give thanks to God that Christ died on the cross for us and rose from the dead to prove not only what he did for us in the past, but what he is going to do for us and with us in eternity. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.